Hi there, welcome to Bros Watch PLL2. I'm Benjamin Light. This is Marco Sparks. And today we're talking about S4E21. She's come undone. Yeah, she has. Uh, this is episode getting close to the end now. We've got three left after this in 4B. Written by Janelle Lennon. Directed by Chad Lowe. The one and only Chad Lowe. Chad Lowe is not in this episode, mm. but he directed it. Mm. I feel like, I mean, when's the last time we saw him? Have we even seen him in 4B? Was it when he had to tell Ella to leave town? Was it since then? Maybe? I'm trying to think. There, I mean, there's that whole business with Mikey in the, the car, maybe around there. Well, there was... Oh, I was going to say, uh, I might be, I might be mixing in things from, uh, season five. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so someone, someone did ask us the other day. We were talking about things we need to talk about. Someone did ask us the other day if we've not actually watched all the episodes yet. Uh, we have, I, we have talked about it before, but yeah, we have seen every single episode of PLL. And we're just, well, as we were recapping through, we try not to talk about future episodes. Because I guess we record this from the perspective of somebody who might be discovering the show episode by episode. In know. theory, yeah. In theory, in theory, if you wanted to watch a show for the first time and listen to the recaps, you wouldn't get spoiled, I wouldn't think. Which is why it was such a relief to finally get to some of the things at the end of the last episode of Ezra. <laughs> yeah, because we could finally talk about them. Yeah. Um, um, so, we start off this episode. It's night. We're in Arya's living room. Uh, it's presumably the same night after Arya got home from uh, <laughs> the big reveal. Mm-hmm. Uh, the liars are assembled there to hear the info about Ezra, or Ezra and console Arya. Console Kobos. Yeah. Arya's at one end of the couch by herself. Spencer's at the other end, as far away as she can be. Well, in like a similar pose, though, they're each like tucked up with their like you know knees up close to them on the couches. Yeah, yeah. And Emily and Hannah are just kind of. I think they're sitting on the coffee table, just kind of, you know. Also trying to stay the hell away from Arya because she's just radiating shock and hate. Arya, Arya in this scene is like, I will milk this like it has never been milked before. Mm-hmm. I'm despondent and you're all going to feel it. Well, so I feel like right before this scene, Arya snapped Susan Lucci in half and snorted her like a drug. Mm-hmm. Um, so Spencer asks, you know, if Arya's actually read any of the pages of, or any of, Ezra's book. She says she read a few pages. She sounds so lost and hoarse. Mm-hmm. Um, while crying, Arya says Ezra knew who she was before they met, knew who they all were, knew who Allison was too. And Emily's like, so he admitted to be in a relationship with her. And Arya says, yeah, brief one. And Hannah well, says, well, like, so he must be board shorts. Like a single tear rolls down Arya's cheek. Now, I didn't know this at the time, but somebody uh, points out to me on Twitter. Apparently, Arya, her, or I'm sorry, Lucy Hale has a glass eye in her right eye, which is why she only cries out of her left eye. Hmm. So just keep that in mind throughout the episode. She's only going to be crying out of that left eye. Maybe it's a clue. So, so yeah, Hannah says, uh, well, Ezra must be board shorts. And Arya says, well, Ezra didn't try to kill Allison. His, his whole book, it's, it's trying to piece together who did it. Uh, and Cesar says, well, how is he going to do that when the police... Can't even figure it out. But what she really means is, how is he going to do that when even Spencer can't figure it out? Well, yeah, it's like glass houses, Spencer. What you couldn't figure it out? When yeah, you're taking shots at Ezra now. Um, Ari doesn't know, but Ezra has a theory, though. That theory being that one of the PLLs themselves tried to kill Allison. Yes. The liars all 
<laughs> scoff and laugh. Well, Spencer is ex- especially incredulous to this. She's like, you're kidding, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, really? You've never thought of that, Spencer? I think you have. Well, and Emily Graceline ever's like, well, now we know it's a work of fiction. Well, so the, the two liars, Spencer and Emily, who have both like questioned whether they themselves heard Allie, are immediately in denial about the yeah. possibility of this. Yeah. Uh, so Spencer asks which of them Ezra's trying to pin it on, because, of course, the person who feels guilty would ask that. Yeah. Um, it's you. Trust me. It's you, Spencer. <laughs> it's Ari's always has, you. Yeah, she didn't get that far. And, you know, why ask, since they know it's not true? Emily points out that just because Ezra wrote the book, that doesn't mean he's not A. The book could just be his way of placing the blame on one of them. And Hannah says... Well, he doesn't need to do that since he knows Allison's alive. Spencer clarifies that Ezra didn't know that when he started writing the book. And Arya's just like, can we bring it back to me? Ezra is not A. He's a writer who found a great opportunity to make a name for himself. And he used me. He used us. Yeah, still crying, like just these big tears dripping down. Only her left eye because her her right eye is fake. And it's interesting in this scene, a lot of the shots are actually the other liars reacting to Arya as she speaks. I mean, we, we get shots of her, but a lot of times in this scene when she's talking, we're just looking at the other liars. We don't see her speaking. Mm-hmm. And they're just all kind of watching, looking concerned. Uh, so Spencer wants clarification. So all that stuff in the apartment in Ravenswood was just research for his book. And Arya says, yeah, he's been working on it for years. Hannah says that he, that he must have seen the surveillance equipment so that he, they know he's been watching them and Arya's like well he's probably just hoping that we'd lead him to Allison so he'd get his big ending and Emily says well he's been watching us and he has to know about A how could he sit back all this time and not do anything to help you and then Arya's <laughs> like it's simple we killed the Batman <laughs> he never really loved me so I want to point out a couple things um, a little bit earlier after uh, Arya was like he lied to us you know he used us uh there's like the reaction shots like spencer looks to emily mm. emily looks to hannah hannah looks at the ground then back to aria <laughs> it's like yeah. it just goes in a little circle but yeah like it, it really like aria like i can't totally tell if this is totally sincere or she's like playing it up a little bit because she's just so over the top yeah she's like he never really loved me it's like almost like she's saying that waiting for someone to be like go like no aria what she had was real. Like she, she wants somebody to jump in and say that. And yeah, yeah she'll be another, another huge ass tear rolls down her left cheek. She'll be waiting to the end of the universe to get that. Um, but it's, it's, she almost like kind of like looks right at the audience as she says that, and then we go to credits, which is it's a. I gotta say, very, it's a really convincing glass eye. It's a very heavy opening for PLL. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after the credits, it's the next day. We're in Arya's bedroom. She kind of pan across the room to Arya, just laying there on her bed. She's Despondent. got her cheetah, sh- yeah, her cheetah shirt on. Arya's <laughs> spirit animal now is all fast cats or dead birds. Um, mm-hmm. And then Arya has a flashback. Yeah, we flash back to her first meeting with Ezra from the pilot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's basically the same scene, except they cut out a lot of just extra bits of dialogue. So we don't get any mentions of Iceland or Ezra's travels or him like sliding over and like it's, some of the talking about writing. It's much more Instagrammy too. Well, yeah, it's it's got a vignette on it and like the like, kind of Instagram blur. Ezra says, "You all right down there?" Arya says, "I'm a bit jet lagged. I just got back from Europe." So did he go to Hollis? Uh, he just graduated. He's gonna start his first teaching job. And then this is obviously a cut here because then Arya says, "I love this song." And he says, B-26, and she smiles. He says, what's your major? And it's a song. It's a girl. Yeah, she's leaning towards English. And he's like, that's what I'm teaching, LOL. Uh, and she says, well, and I write too. But I mean, so far, it's mostly personal, just for me. 
And Ezra says, maybe let me read something of yours. And Arya's like, yeah, you'd really want to. And he says, yeah, you're smart. You're traveled. You have great taste in music. I'd like to know more about you. And we cut back to Arya as she like is realizing what a stupid meet cute this really was. Uh, and, and kind of filtering this all through the idea that like Ezra knew who, that she was Arya Montgomery. Well, she sits up like she's just woken from a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love just what a stark, like, like image of like the tinier, younger Lucy Hale three years earlier. Oh, I know. Before we realized that Arya was like the delightful hell beast that we all know and love. Yeah. She was so tiny. Yeah. Um, um so she well, gets and that. also it's interesting that the show's willing to say like, Hey, remember your favorite, like, you know, romantic moment of these characters mm-hmm. or theoretically, maybe anyway, um, it's like, we're going to like crap all over it and be like, Hey, wasn't that creepy? It's not, it's a not too gentle reminder that Ezra was human garbage from the mm-hmm. get go. Um, yeah. So she gets up from this, this wake up from this nightmare basically and runs over to the trash can to throw up. Arya's pregnant. <laughs> this, that was what I was thinking for a good, uh, well, I won't say how long, but I was just like, <laughs> oh yeah, Arya's pregnant. This is gonna be awkward. It's like, like the lighting is so interesting. It's like she's it's like Carrie so... Matheson raising uh, a traitor's son or that's daughter, about, whatever. That's about right. And and raging for bombings. Um, <laughs> drying in a bathtub. Yeah, it's for like a second there. We're like we're in the lighting from like the body, the episode of Buffy. Uh, so we got to Spencer's house where Spencer comes down the stairs in a bathrobe, and waiting for her there are Peter and Veronica Hastings. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, exactly what I have in my notes. Like I just. They say good morning. They ask if she wants coffee. Well, is Spencer, very nice? like when she it's sees her, trap. when she sees her, it's like she's like, it, it, she's trying not to sound surprised or or trying not to be defensive, but you can tell she's surprised. You know, they're like morning, honey. She's like hi. Yeah, yeah. You want some coffee? And she's like, yeah, black. Uh, Veronica gets a coffee. Peter's just trying to act normal, bitch. And she wanders over to them. She sees like a bag packed on the kitchen island. She's like, somebody going on a trip? And Peter's like, yeah, uh, your mother and I spoke to Dr. Griggs this morning. He thinks it would be best that we got you some help before the situation gets worse. And Veronica hands Spencer coffee here, which to me just seems like a dangerous move. Oh, like yeah. She just could like throw that in their faces right now. Mm-hmm. Like Spencer's already got her shields up. She's like, what kind of help? Veronica says the doctor recommended a rehab facility in Philly. Rehab, bitch. Spencer's like, rehab? I don't need to go to rehab. Veronica's like, sweetie, I know that she called his office impersonating me to renew your subscription. And he's like, I just needed help getting through a couple of tests. And Peter's like, yeah, we've heard that before, Spencer. So Spencer apparently has a, a past history with the pills that we, we've yet, yet to hear about on the show until now. Sweet study aid candy. Because she says, look, I admit that I lost control, okay? But it's not like last time. I've only been taking the pills for a few weeks. And Peter's like, and how are you even getting them without a prescription? And Spencer is like clearly very stressed out now. She's like, just different people at school. It's not that hard. And Peter, like, he throws up his hands and looks at Veronica. I really wanted to be like, what am I paying the school for? And then for Veronica to be like, you're not. It's a public school. Ass. And then they start railing against the public school system. Yeah. And Spencer's like, please, I'm still applying to colleges. I can't have Radley and rehab on my record. All all I'm asking is that you give me one chance to get off him on my own, please. And Peter and Veronica, it's like they both look at each other and they're like, eh, that sounds like the path of least resistance. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Whatever Hastings, you say, Spencer. Uh, Hastings shit. Yeah. Yeah. 
but yeah, it's on the condition that Spencer take the withdrawal medication under their supervision. And Peter's like, and you come home immediately after school every day. And she's just like, I promise, I will, thank you. Rock says, this is it, Spencer. Next time there won't be a discussion. And Spencer says, I understand. Uh, I really like the way she turns into like just such a little girl around her parents. Like, like she's so a young daughter to them. She's the young one. She's a baby. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, it's, she, she desperately seeks their approval. It's kind of, I don't know, it, it plays sympathetically with like some of the Arya stuff where Arya uh-huh. has to go out into the world to, to paint the image of herself as a sophisticated adult. Spencer just reverts in one way well, or It's another. like the opposite, yeah. Yeah, to a, to a childlike state around her parents and her family. Uh, so it comes to Rosewood High School in the hallway. Hannah comes around the corner, runs into Travis at his locker. Travis is in his suit. Hannah says, hey, you, nice suit. Do you have a job interview after school or something? Um, he says, no, not exactly. Hannah's outfit, meanwhile. Oh, my God. It's so hideous. It's a pink pastel top. Not over even Arya would wear this. A Jackson Pollock 80s jumpsuit or something underneath. Well, it's this like, like a jumper. Days. I mean, it's... And yeah. it's like baggy, like it's not a good look. Like, wow, what happened? This is Was like Mandy Lyon, like pissed off at Ashley Penson that day. Well, this is the ugliest eighties fashion ever. Uh, yeah. Well, and then Travis, meanwhile, is like pretty aloof. He's just like not exactly like, like just like like he could do without talking to Hannah. Um. So it's awkward here, but Hannah wants to apologize for kissing Travis that day. That day they were playing sexy pool, but he gets it. He's Mister James Dean. Cool. Well, he's guy. just like, like, don't sweat it. Yeah, he's not on time right now. Where's he going? He's going to court. Why? Because of his dad. Will was blackmailing his dad for a reason, and now he's going to court for it. We find out. Uh, Hannah feels like it was all her fault that she made Travis choose his family over his. He's like, hey, you didn't make me do anything, okay? Uh, it was his decision. If he had to do it all over again, well, Hannah's hot and pretty compulsive. Um, anyway, Hannah face. Yeah, he's gone. Hannah makes a lot of Hannah face. A lot of Hannah face. Chad Lowe definitely has an affinity for this. He's going to end a lot of scenes with Hannah face here. Even when Hannah's not in the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so Emily's walking through the, some of the outdoor hallways. She sees Spencer curled up on a bench, hidden from sunlight. Spencer looks like a hungover vampire. Yeah, she spots her prime. Yeah. Wanders over. Spencer's on a one of those benches that's kind of like like built into the, the brick wall, like a little you know alcove. And she's it, just... As if she couldn't hide from oxygen in the world anymore. Yeah, and she's totally just like huddled up on one side of this in the corner, like leaning against the wall. Like hand over her face, like she's just like I don't know, not not in the mood for like life right now. Or she's dying. Yeah, yeah. Poor Spencer. So oh. Emily asks how she is. Spencer's like, oh, nauseous, aching, tired. But other than that, fantastic. Well, I like the way she like when Emily comes over and says, "Hey, Spencer." Like she musters this kind of like very weak smile. It's like she's still gonna try with Emily around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, fantastic. Can Emily do anything? Spencer says no. Thank you for asking. Like she's in like her like very kind of polite, but uh, withdrawn like attitude right now. She's in her hey, I'm fine. It only hurts when I breathe mm-hmm. mood. Emily's like, are you sure? And Spencer says yes, please. Let's just talking about anything anything other than me. Emily says that Shauna called this morning from Georgia. Uh, she needs. Emily had to drop Allie's money off to a P.O. box in Wallingford before 6 p.m. today. And Spencer's like, Wallingford? That's over an hour away. And Emily is just that, nods. Is that a real city? I presume it is. I don't know. So Emily's a little upset. Uh, Spencer doesn't want Emily to doesn't think Emily should go. Emily's a little upset. Spencer, she asks, you know, why not? Spencer says, it's basically, it's too wishy-washy. Bas- and basically, that one minute, Sean is here, and then she's gone. Then she's calling for urgent money drops. 
And Emily points out, as she will, ad nauseum, that Allison needs this money. And yeah. then Emily looks up and sees something utterly horrifying. Well, because they hear, they hear like a Lovecraft, door slam. Yeah. H.P. Lovecraft couldn't capture this terror. That something is Arya. Well, Arya is, she's doing, she's, well, first of all, she's, I don't know if frumpy's quite the right word, but she obviously is not, like, bringing her A-game fashion this episode. She just has, like, this loose-fitting white sweater with, like, little skulls all over it. Yeah, because she's uh, on her way to a murder. Yeah, and she's, like, her hair is a little wild, or at least as wild as Arya's hair gets. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, marching across the quad. Her her arms aren't even swinging. You know, <laughs> like, they're just, like, straight out at her sides, like, rigid. And she she just looks like a Terminator. Her eyes are, like, locked ahead. You remember Man. the episode where, uh, where Elaine gives Molly Shannon shit because she doesn't swing her arms? Exactly. <laughs> and it, it's like Emily and Spencer see this and they're just like, oh shit. Well, so, She's yeah, gone full Arya. She storms right past Emily and Spencer. They jump up and follow her. Emily asks, you know, what Arya's doing. Like, she's going to take the day off. I have expected, because Arya looks so determined and insane, I have expected her just to, like, like run through a wall. Um, but she says that she needs to speak to Ezra face to face. She says, I don't know where the truth ends and the lies begin, which is something I say daily. Uh, Spencer finally gets her to stop. She says that, you know, she, she knows that Arya needs answers and Emily's like, and you certainly deserve them. Mm-hmm. But so she says, but you know, confronting him at school is not the best idea. And of course, right about then Hannah shows up. Yeah. Hannah, we kind of saw her in the background briefly. Now she rushes up. To see what's going on. Arya is just ignoring them all. She walks right into Fitz's classroom. Uh, yeah. But there's no Fitz here. Instead, we see a sub like passing out papers and, to the group. Full class. Yeah. Arya walks right to the front of the class. She looks feral. And she's like, where is Ezra? Mm-hmm. And all the students are like, oh, yeah. And here we go. Like, there's probably like, wow. Like, it's like I think like money changes hands now. Like, somebody's losing and winning bets. Yeah. They're like, we knew this day would come, and this is going to be awesome. The sub turns around. She's like, do you mean Mr. Fitz? And Ari says, yeah, I need to speak with him. Do you know where he is? And the sub says, Mr. Fitz took time off for a family emergency. Is there something I can help you with? And Ari goes, oh, family emergency. Right. And then she's just, like, nodding like a badass, you know. But then it's like, like suddenly, like, tears just well up, and she has to, like, walk out in a hurry because she isn't really that much of a badass. She gets outside. She's like, "God, he's a liar and a coward." She says it so loudly that everyone in that classroom had to have been able to hear her. I really want like you to hear her, like from behind her the whole class go like, "Woo!" Well, somebody yell, "I told you she's pregnant!" <laughs> and then for her to march back inside and be like, "For your information, I had my period last night," and then stomp away again. Uh, Spencer's like, Arya, wait. And Arya says, I'm fine. Hannah says, Arya, slow down. Arya's like, I said I'm fine, Hannah. Like, she's just like raging. And they all come to a stop. And then I thought this was a great little moment. Like, she, she turns to face them and suddenly like all of her anger just like dissolves away into sadness. Mm-hmm. And they're all just looking at her concern because it's just like she wants to be angry, but she's actually totally heartbroken right now. Yeah, she realizes she's not. Not fine. She has an like, intense sad face. Emily says that she'll take her home. It's kind of funny is that Arya will turn on Hannah so much in this episode, but mm-hmm. Emily is able to step in so easily as like a caregiver. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like to further illustrate how much Arya hates herself right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's Arya so much. I mean, she's she's the baby of the group, and she's you know she hates showing it, but that that is who she is here, and they they need to take care of her. 
Mm. And she she wants him to, even though she said she doesn't, at least for a while. Right, right. So, uh, go to Toby's loft. Yeah, after commercial Toby's loft, he opens the door, and there's Spencer. Toby has big hair and a big sad look on his face. Spencer's Spencer... Got that- She's got that gold scrabble piece on. Oh, she's she's pulling out all the stops to charm this asshole into giving her a smile. She's got her S. Spencer scrabble necklace on. Uh, she's got something behind her back. She says, I come bearing gifts. And she pulls a plastic package from behind her bag back and she says, Cronuts. Holds up like these pastries. And Toby's like, what is that? Spencer says, haven't you heard? It's all the rage. And she's like totally laying on like the charm. You know, it's mm-hmm. all the rage. It's part croissant, part donut. It's all trans fat. And Toby's like, that's disgusting. Well, he's just like, that's disgusting. I really wanted him to just like slap them out of her hand and slam the door on her. I just, I want that. But how to be awesome would that have been? I want that to be the, like the line that Keegan Allen had to like have like a hundred takes on. Mm-hmm. Who is this monster? Well, she's just, like, standing there holding these cronuts. She's like, can I please come in? And Toby deigns to let her in. Uh, but her Toby lets her in, yeah. Yeah. She's she's really trying to work the charm hard, but it's like he's fighting it. Yeah. Uh, we what should discuss dick. what she's wearing, because I think this is the only thing she wears in this episode. Yeah. I, it. I described it as Tori Amos in the front, Stevie Nicks in the back. I don't know if that's totally accurate, but... Um... Mainly because the, this weird. <laughs> I just, I just pictured like if I were to sketch that, <laughs> having not seen the episode, it's terrifying. Well, it, like it's like a white loose, uh, I don't know, cashmere sweater, say more black just, top. Just to me, it came off as like waspy Tori Amos. Well, it's weird because the, she's has some sort of like skirt on, and in the front, it's like comes down to like low thigh, but in the back, it goes all the way down to her feet. So it's it's like a, a weird little thing going on where it's longer in the back Mm. uh yeah so she comes in she's all serious she apologizes for toby just like crosses his arms like yeah oh oh, i'm sorry toby yeah but she's like i'm sorry i ruined last night and he's just like last night isn't what i'm upset about and she's just kind of like in a moment of you know letting him in she's just like it's not something i'm proud of toby and he's just like how can i help you if i don't even know that you're in trouble I'll take, oh, I don't know, maybe just being supporting and understanding, you fucking asshole. Like, uh, none of these significant others will ever get that on this show, mm-hmm. it seems like. Not in this episode. Spencer's uh, like, I get it, okay? And and I would be feeling the same way, but you don't have to worry about me. I've got it all under control. Oh, we don't. And what Toby should really say right now is, I'd hate to see you out of control. <laughs> bah. Uh, but instead he says, you look like crap. And she's like, yeah, I feel like it, too. She's like laughing at this because, I don't know, I would probably laugh at Toby as well. Yeah. Especially well, if he told me I looked like crap. Yeah. Well, see, he goes over to her and he's just like, you know, promise me you'll call if you, if you get the urge to take pills again. Which you can't take him seriously with that hair. That hair. <laughs> well, and she's like, I'm done with that. And they're close to each other now. And Spencer, she's fingering her necklace. She's like, and thank you for my necklace. And he kind of like forces a smile for her. But it's like, Jesus, Toby. Be a little less of an asshole here. Uh, All you're doing is making her want to go take more pills. Toby will never be a little bit less of an asshole. Yeah, school quad. Emily's walking through, looking at a notebook. She walks right past Paige. She's sitting at a table. And so Paige has to say, like, hey, stranger. And Emily's like, oh, turns around. Well, Emily turns. Her face is like, I'm sorry, do I know you? Well, she turns for a minute. It's like she looks right at Paige and she's like, 
I'm sorry, did somebody call my name? Did you see somebody call my name? <laughs> did you see somebody call my name? And Paige is just like, you know, Err. and then Emily smiles. She says, hey. And Paige is like, oh, I was starting to think that I wasn't going to see you until graduation. And Emily's just kind of like, I know, huh? We're right. We're in high school. We shouldn't be this scheduled. Um, Paige asks Emily what she's doing after school since she doesn't have practice today. And Emily says that she has a few errands to run. Then she has to go visit Aria, who's having, she's having uh, a uh, family crisis. Family crisis. <laughs> yeah. And Paige is like, yeah, I heard she flipped out in Fitz's class today. And Emily's like, News yeah, yeah. travels. She's under a lot of stress at home. So do you think Paige knows about Ezria? That is a good question. Like, I, I'm i going to say yes. Like, I feel like really? I feel like there's no way Emily could avoid telling Paige that. Like, you, you kind of have to, don't you? Because uh, I, I, I wonder. I, I kind of thought maybe she doesn't. Well, no, I'll, let's say this. I, I think theoretically the liars only recently found out that she was back with Ezra. But I mean prior. But prior. But, uh, but Paige has been dating Emily at one point. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't think Paige knows about like the new shit necessarily, but she probably knew that in the past Arya had dated Ezra. That's, I'm guessing. I, I feel like it, that's just too juicy. Like, you know, I mean, couples love talking about other couples. Like you couldn't, how could you not bring that up? You think like one of Emily and Paige's private jokes is like Toby's hair? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, I'm sure Paige has like a, her own Toby voice. She's like, Emily, will you go to homecoming with me? Emily's like, please, not while and we're having sister. sex. Stop yeah. doing the voice while we're having sex. <laughs> uh, so Paige asks if Emily can slot her in. And Emily's like, <laughs> dirty uh... talk. <laughs> so can you slot me in? Um, Emily says that her parents are going out tonight. So why doesn't she like call Paige after Arya's and they can make dinner together? Emily reaches in her bag to get something. I think it's her phone. Oh, it's her and phone's then... beeping, yeah. Paige looks inside, sees that envelope of cash, and she's like, do you always carry that much cash around? And Emily's like, uh, it's a late birthday present for my grandma. Emily's getting a little bit better at lying. She immediately goes into how I feel she like she does a, a decent job about uh, she's got to deposit it. It's on the list. Yeah. And Paige is like, what is she, a stripper? Why give you that much in cash? Emily's, you know, she's good. She's going on about how her grandma doesn't trust banks, that her whole life savings is stuck in coffee cans and cookie jars. And Paige is just like nodding her head, giving Emily's expression like, I don't believe a fucking word you're saying. Is it really? Even though I feel like that's not, Emily's doing a decent job here. Yeah. Much better than usual. Well, I think, as usual, Paige is picking up on the lie because it says so in the script. Um, also, is Paige not wearing like the exact same thing we saw her in like the last time we saw her like three or four episodes ago? Uh, a little bit of that crossed in with like if there's ever like a like a school bombing or school shooting threat, like they're yeah, gonna, like, the person dressed like this to be their well, first and, and she's doing the like just the straightened hair parted down the middle. I don't I don't know, Paige. Not not the best look, like, Lindsay Shaw. You need to talk to Emily's hairdresser. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, like, couldn't you accidentally use some of Emily's hair products? Um, so I don't know. Like, maybe maybe Emily's hair is just one of those things where the hairdresser's like, I don't do anything, honestly. It's just like that when she gets up in the morning. And everyone's just like, I fucking hate Emily. Mm -hmm. uh, so Emily has to go because she has to hand in her yearbook form before six period. Uh, she'll see Paige tonight. They kiss and Emily's gone. And Paige well, it's, a, it's a very just kind of like it's a, it's just a little smack on the lips. There's there's not a whole lot happening there. Right. And once Emily's gone, Paige. Again, I don't think based on, on on Shay Mitchell's performance, Paige is left thinking like, "Why is my girlfriend such a shitty liar?" Well, she totally like slouches in disappointment, like like her shoulders just drop and she frowns, like God, you know. Yeah. So meanwhile, at Ezra's apartment, Arya shows up in the hallway at Ezra's place. <laughs> well, she like towards it. rounds the corner, like 
It, it, like her whole body is at an angle. That's how fast she's moving. She goes this... over and pounds on that door. Also, this is the opposite angle that they usually come to Ezra's apartment from. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's interesting that like I guess you could go both ways to get to the stairs or what have you. Um, but she pounds on Ezra's door and she screams out, "Open up, Ezra!" And she pulls out her keys and lets herself inside. Yeah, no answer. So she she goes inside with the keys and it's like, man, that that is a bad move not changing the locks, Ezra. Right, a girl like Arya, you always change the locks. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Like I think you keep a like. You go to the Home Depot and you buy another door handle just waiting for the day when you need to change the locks. Like it's just sitting there waiting. Arya just like opens like a cabinet one day and she's like, what's this, Ezra? And he's like, uh, nothing. She's like, seriously, you have a whole drawer of 15 different <laughs> doorknobs. And then Ezra like, uh, I don't know, like puts the chloroform on, on himself. Well, he just like Jedi mind tricks her. Like, Arya. He just jumps out a window to get away. <laughs> Um, so once she like marches inside, she checks the bathroom, calling out for him. He's not there. Also, it seems like Ezra's TV has conveniently moved. Uh, then she looks down and she finds no, it's, a his car. TV's in the same spot. I thought it's usually over, so they usually sit on the couch, looking straight forward to watch the TV. Now the TV's on the wall between the kitchen. I thought they no, because they watch TV in bed. But they're not facing that direction. They're usually facing the other way. Because they sat on the couch before and watched TV anyway. I know the chairs have moved too, so you can sit. Whatever. Yeah, um, it's totally not important. She finds uh, a card. Oh, I like the way she like w- once she realizes he's not there, she just like drops her keys in her backpack on the floor and just like she's not giving a fuck at all. Right. Well, she's going to spend some time here. Uh, she finds a card that says "Nate killed" on it. It's basically one of those cards that was used in like the timelines at the Ravenswood apartment. So she starts going through Ezra's drawers. Uh, she finds says Nate kiss. Not that it matters. Oh, okay. Um, same thing. In this world, same thing. Uh, she finds photo sheets of the boards with the timelines on it that Ezra has. But yeah, she she's going through his wardrobe drawers until she finds what it looks like a a big photo of his like timeline board that he had. It's like because like, he had photos, to take it yeah. down. Yeah, because it's it's. It's like he can't have that whole big whiteboard, and so here's just like a photo of the whiteboard. Uh, and so she has all these like timeline photos, which seems more economically like for space, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Like, or, you, you, you know, have you could always do boards. it digitally. I mean, I don't know. Is that is that a thing? Like, even though you could put this all in like an omnigraphle file or something, you need it on uh, your wall, like taking up your several brain space. times. Have we not seen Spencer construct digital like timelines digital like virtual simulacra yeah yeah exactly ezra he's just like he's all about the show of being a writer oh yeah the artifice if you will yeah so Um, she goes back to his wardrobe she finds like just big boxes of files she takes those out she's going through them uh she of course she goes straight for the file on herself because there's like we see files for like uh uh, sh you know spencer hastings emily fields but she goes straight to the AM, file number six, which, like, man, not even number one. That's got a sting. Right. And she's going through it. There's a ton of shit on her in here. There's surveillance photos. Pink streak, old, Aria. Old photo with the pink streaks. Uh, so many photos of her. She's, like, freaking out. Mm-hmm. Uh, she goes, gets another box, looking through it. There's a bunch of, like, tape reels and boxes and an old reel-to-reel player recorder. Aria plays it. And we hear Allie saying, I'm safe for the moment, thanks to you. But you can't tell anyone you helped me. Promise me you won't. Okay, I still don't know who I can trust. And Arya stops the tape, and I guess this is like from the Grunwald. 
I assume right. that's who Ali's talking to. And Arya just like her mind's like just in shock. Presumably he he took this during Grave New World. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's in shock, but she's also burning with a fury hotter than the sun. So we talked about before how Ezra got smart and cleared out the surveillance like basement of his yeah. cabin. So he then just moved all the stuff to his apartment. <laughs> yeah, Ezra. I mean, I guess it was on short notice. Uh, he's like, this is the last place she'll think to check, especially when I go out of town. Um, mm-hmm. So then we cut to the interrogation room at the Rosa Police HQ. Uh, Detective Holbrook was meeting of Hannah. Yeah, the door's open. It's kind of casual meeting here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Holbrook knows that Hannah doesn't want to hear this, but Mr. Hobbs, who's Travis's dad, is culpable of the crime he's going to court for. He's complicit. Is he? Okay. Um, and Hannah's like, so he gave one a little money for throwing businesses away. He didn't hurt anyone. And Holbrook's like, it's not a small thing, Hannah. Um, and so Hannah's like, look, he did a few times and then tried to stop, but Wilton wouldn't let him. And Holbrook's like, well, that's his version of the story. And Hannah says, well, when a cop makes your life miserable, there's not much he can do. Just ask my mom. Ooh. And Holbrook's like, uh, yeah, I shouldn't be talking to you about this case. And he closes his file that's in front of him. And Hannah's like, you're testifying today. And he says, right. Because I'm the one that connected the money in Wilton's safe deposit box to Travis's dad. Remember, we saw the contents of that box back yeah. FaceTime. He says, I need to get to court. And so he gets up to leave, and Hannah kind of stands up to make it her case. She says, okay, I'm not saying he isn't in the wrong, but Wilton was a corrupt cop and a bully. That has to count for something. Don't you agree? And he says, my job is to state the facts, Hannah. Not my opinion. And some serious sad Hannah phases. Holbert kind of walks her out of the room. Do you think Hannah has more chemistry of Holbrook or of Wren? Uh, I think Holbrook. Like, they, I don't know. They they work well together. Because mm. mm. I feel like he... It's programming her? No, no, no. I, I feel like, I mean, Hannah, uh, she has her ditzy qualities, but he doesn't kind of, like, use them against her. Like, he's, he's charmed by it, but not in a condescending way, is, I guess, the, well, the read I get. Also, Wren just comes off as ickier. Rand comes off as having an angle, whereas Holbrook, yeah. I think he's, he's just kind of like, I don't know, maybe just a little impressed with Hannah. So, like, if, if a relationship was to happen to either of these two people, I guess the thing I'm getting at is that I think with Ren, it would happen with Hannah because it's his fetish for young girls. <laughs> with Holbrook, it would be, like, what the Ezra relationship supposedly was, which is he just couldn't help falling in love with this majestic beast. Um... Anyway, so at Ezra's apartment, Arya is still flipping through Ezra's research. She tosses whatever doesn't interest her off. There's tons of papers. We see the A Night to Remember poster in the background. Then she finds a journal and starts flipping well, it's like through a, the Well, it's like this big ledger. Uh, yeah. Um, man, there's uh, this, this what this ledger seems to be is Ezra's own notes. Mm-hmm. Um, Ezra's writing is so bad. Yeah. Uh, we She flips to a page where... It says, beginning with initial impressions of the four main friends, all striving to be just as popular as Allison. And then Arya Montgomery, underlined, is an independent girl, considered to be the oddball of the group in Rosewood, artistic, bubbly, independent. Now, this is weird. It says three years spent in Iceland with her family. Three hmm. years? That's not quite right. Well, she we know she was in Iceland for a year. Maybe there's like another two years that she also spent earlier in her life. I don't know. Hmm. Uh but feels out of place in Rosewood and tends to be attracted to older, more worldly men. Nice. Nice, Ezra. Way to write that down. Mm-hmm. 
struggles to keep family matters from affecting her schoolwork. Families struggles question mark dad cheating question mark possibly carrying on multiple relationships at one time. Hmm. Goes to local art galleries art show openings, and then there's like a little arrow pointing at this line that says "Get to know favorite artists." Which just man, that's so scummy. Yeah. Oh, I mean, God. All right. If you read that, you're just like, wow, you really were just a research project. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So we get to the section where Ezra talks about how Ari gave him tons of info about Allison and the section where Ezra says that Ari told him that that night about her dad's affair. The passage is Ari continues to be a wealth of information. My only concern is that I'm falling for her and the line between morality and investigative curiosity is becoming increasingly blurred. However, the insight to Ari's relationship with Allison sheds expansive light as to the possible suspect motives. Today, Ari, and this is all in all caps. Today, Ari, well, Ari, Ari reads this part aloud. Yeah, she told me, today Ari told me she caught her dad having an affair with a student last year. And then underlined, Allison knew about the affair too. And the affair is like double underlined. Yeah, well, and, and Ari is once again crying out of her real eye. And she flits a few more pages and reads, says, Arya and her friends blinded Jenna in a prank gone wrong. Allison was the instigator. Possible motive for her murder, someone seeking revenge. But who? A boyfriend? Toby? Hmm. And she flits some more. We see some mentions of Jason as a suspect, Caleb working for Jenna, Mona's not locked up, not A. And then one line that I thought was great was just, Arya doesn't suspect a thing. Well, and this sends Arya into a mighty rage. Oh, yeah. She goes full-on berserker rage. She throws all these files across the room. Arya smash! And then she smashes the TV onto the ground. She's like, grabs it and throws it on the ground. Smashes it. She smashes his lamp. She breaks all the dishes on his table. She if flips only there his were coffee table. business in town where she could go and smash those dishes. Uh, yeah, oh, I think Arya over, wants the real thing. She flips over the coffee table. She flings things, everything off the desk. At this point, having forgotten where this went, I wrote in my notes, I want her to throw that old-timey typewriter against a wall. Well, she does almost as good of a thing. She picks up his degree from Hall's College, his MFA there, mm-hmm. and smashes it on the old-timey typewriter. Yeah. And then she uh, she tears down that big like French movie poster that's all's been hanging up. Yeah. And then there's like a there's a cabinet with like a, a wooden cabinet with little glass like windows on it. Mm. And she looks inside and sees a picture of them two together looking happy. And she grabs a like a desk lamp and smashes this window, pulls out the picture, well, smashes it she, on the ground. She looks away as she smashes the window. Ari's not an idiot. She's only got a face yeah. full of glass. I mean, she fucking wrecks this place. And then she's just, like, panting and sighing, like, oh, my God, crying out of her one real eye. Like, what have I done? I want to do more. Total chaos. Yeah, she's, she has to catch her breath, and she's on overload. Uh, so here's my, my dream slash plea to the Internet. Number one, I want more footage of Arya destroying things <laughs> and or the Ezra relationship going to hell. Then I want somebody to take that footage. Cut it together with a video, uh, a video with Cat Stevens' Wild World playing over it. Oh, there you go. Please, that's all I can. Well, oh, it's like you always knew it was going to end this way. Like a girl like Arya. Oh man, you wrong her. This is what's coming to you. Yeah, yeah. You call down the thunder. Now you're going to get the lightning. Um. So we got the Rosewood High in the hallway. Spencer's walking down the hallway. She goes to her locker, opens it, and there's some pills in a bottle waiting for her. Yeah, with a little note that says, "Don't say I never gave you anything." A 
And she kind of picks him up. She's surprised. Emily walks up. She's like, what's that? And Spencer's like, a gift. She hands a bottle to Emily, and Emily looks at it, and she's like, guess it's better than a needle in the arm. Which is kind of, I don't know, an interesting line from Emily. And Spencer's like, don't give A any ideas. Yeah. And Emily's like, I'll take these and throw them away. And Spencer's like, no, I better. I want to toss them far from this place. So she takes the bottles back and puts them in her purse, and Emily just lets this happen. Good yeah. job, Emily. Yeah. Way She's like, oh, that, that sounds like a good plan. She's like, I could have thrown your drugs away, but instead I'll let you take them and throw them away. Really? I junkie. definitely trust you to do that. The junkie should throw them away. Mm-hmm. Spencer says he's still up for Operation Money Drop later. Emily says, I can't let Allie down. Again. And they both like look at each other. It's kind of like residual... You know, feelings from Emily's last encounter with Allie here when Spencer fucked that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Hannah rushes up. She's like, hey, have you talked to Arya? Emily says, I texted her a while ago, but I haven't heard back. Why? And Hannah's like, well, I went to her house at lunch and she's not there and she's not answering her cell phone. And Spencer kind of gets this look on her face. She's like, yeah, I think I have an idea where she might be. So she, she leads him away. And I'm just wondering, like, who's going to cover for all of them? Exactly. Paige? Yeah. <laughs> Like, Paige, cover for us. Like, who? And Paige's like, that's not a real thing. Uh, so, cut <laughs> Not even in your class. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All the way outside Ezra's apartment, the three musketeers show up there. They go inside, and they find that it looks like a tornado has this destroyed place this place. This place is fucking trashed. Yeah. There's broken glass everywhere, paper strewn all over the place. Like, and most of the furniture is upside down. Yeah, and sitting there in this eye of destruction is Arya, just hugging her knees. The liars rush over, ask if she's okay. She's not. She says, every secret I told him about Ali and me and you guys, he wrote it all down. It was all for his book. And Hannah classically says, Arya, if it was me, I would have burned this whole place down. I so think she would have. Now the montage that I want is where the liars like put on like Bitch by Meredith Brooks and start a <laughs> bonfire of Ezra's life as kindling. Oh, I see Hannah doing the uh, like lighting the cigarette, tossing it slow motion, walking away as it just blo- explodes behind her. Also, you know? she's wearing like a trench coat and a fedora while she does that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> After midnight, Kaiser. <laughs> And Emily's like, come on, we're going to get you out of here. Okay, come on. So they, they help her crazy ass up. And Hannah and Emily are like leading her away. But Spencer she really can't help. Like there's all this like Ezra file evidence lying around. Right. She's like, wait, you guys, this is some of the stuff from Ezra's apartment in Ravenswood. Shouldn't we take it with us? And Hannah's like, not now, Spencer. It's nothing we haven't seen before. And well, it's like, like Hannah, it's like her turn to be like, like Spencer, that's a little insensitive. <laughs> yeah. And Emily's like, can you grab Arya's bag? And she's like, yeah. She's looking at these files a bit longer, and then she stands up, but then she immediately has to sit down on the couch like she's lightheaded. Uh, She holds her forehead grimacing, like the the withdrawals are are killing her, and nobody's really noticing this. Mm. She looks back down, she spots a picture. Uh, It's that picture that we saw way back in S1E15. Mm-hmm. The one that A sent her, where or sent them, where it's Allie is. It's that night. Allie's walking across the yard next to the barn, and there's a shadow behind her. Shadow cast over her, basically. Yeah, and we we learned back in S one e fifteen that this was actually Spencer. Uh, and there's a, a little note on the back of it, or I'm sorry, on the front, and a post it note says from Mona Vanderwall. <laughs> and Hannah's like Spencer, come on. So Spencer, like she grabs her bag and like just stuffs as many files as she can grab from the floor in front of her into the bag 
I don't think it's it's a spoiler really to say that Arya's grabbed that journal, and it would have been great if poor Spencer could have like taken photos of every page on her phone. Oh, um, I know, seriously. So then we cut to the Speed Demon Express in Wallingford. They really uh, love the Speed Demon Express on this show. It's a lot of careful like verisimilitude with the courier service. Mm. It keeps coming back. Yeah, uh, Emily's like inside like filling out an envelope uh, and counting the money inside the cash envelope there and we see that somebody is watching her with like the you know poor movie killer pov mm-hmm. uh meanwhile at the courthouse travis comes out of the courtroom in his suit he looks over and is surprised to see the hand is like sitting on a bench down the way like wait oh, can we just skip over this scene this is all you need to know about this scene <laughs> he comes over and he's like oh how nice that you're here and then we see holbrook in the background just kind of smiling at them as he leaves and hannah's like how'd it go and he's like it actually went great that cop holbrook like put put a word in for my dad said he's a stand-up guy you know this how Walden was a scumbag and Hannah's two of them like, do bro nods oh they dropped the charges no he's just gonna get community service and probation though and hannah's like that's great i'm so happy for you travis has to go because they're going to go celebrate. But, uh, hey, can they talk some more? Yeah, sure, go celebrate. And he walks off, he stops, and says, thank you. And Hannah's like, for what? And he says, just thanks. And they smile at each other. That's all that happens in this scene. Well, then it's like way Hannah too long. walks away, and she stops. And she's like, hey, Travis. And he's like, what? And she's like, thank you. And he's like, yeah. for what? And she's like, just thanks. And then he walks away, and he's like, Hannah, thank you. It, yeah. All this scene is here is to say is we're laying the... We're laying the tracks just in case we want to get these two together. That's just that's, in case. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Spencer's room. She's going through some of the shit she grabbed from Ezra's apartment. She finds a business card for a private investigator named Mark Pope. Uh, she flips it over and who does things completely confidential or keeps it completely confidential. She flips over the note and on the back written hand, in Ezra's handwriting is the PI who followed Spencer? Question mark. And her face is like, what? So, of course, she calls a number on the card. Of course. And they answer, Pope Private Eye, leave a message, we'll find you. We'll find you. So she just hangs it up. And then she gets lightheaded again, she has to lean against her bed. Withdrawals are tough, kids. Stay off the junk. And she lies down in her bed, she's just like trying to cope with these withdrawals. But then, before too long, she gets up, she goes to her bag, she grabs that bottle of pills. She pours them out, and she like, she contemplates it, and then she's like, fuck it, she's taking these pills. Mm-hmm. I think she takes a couple. She takes them dry too. Yeah, well, that's normal. You're you're the weird one who can't take pills dry. And I think a lot of people don't take them dry. Listeners, let us know how you feel about that. Can you take a pill well, dry, or do you have to have a glass of water? Also, listeners, do you have a pill addiction to the size of Benjamin Lights? I don't that have pill addiction. Be, that could be important. I have not, man. The last time I took any sort of pill would have been Advil, and it was like months ago. Didn't you take one not long ago? For Anyway. <laughs> On our other podcast, we talked about our vice. I got it under control. <laughs> you just want one chance. Just one chance to kick it on, our, on your own. So at the Speed Demon Express, Emily's waiting in line to drop off her package. And Paige walks in after and says, deposit the money in your bank account, huh? Emily looks around. Oh, uh, this is why like, no one likes you, Paige. She's, she's like, like so judgy right now. She's like, what are you doing here? And then, of course, Emily realizes that Paige must have followed her. And Paige says that she knew Emily was lying about her grandma and her coffee cans. And Paige asks, what is A making Emily do now? And Emily's like, this is nothing to do with A. And Paige says, well, who was the money for? And Emily says, I wish I could tell you, but I can't. And Paige says, can't or won't. That makes <laughs> Emily should just be like, both? Either? Yeah. 
this makes kind of a scene because she says it like loudly, like can't mm-hmm. or won't. So Emma has to say, can we not talk about this here? So they go outside. Um, before yeah. we get to that, again, I, I just want to say like, so if Paige has been following Emily, let's say that she doesn't know anything about Ezria. Wouldn't she have not have followed them to Ezra's apartment? Like, what did she think was going on? There? Uh, it depends on how long she's been following. Okay. Uh, so outside the Speed Demon Express, Emily walks out. Paige follows. Emily says, you know, I told you that I'm going through something. Paige says, well, you've been going through something for weeks now, which in actuality, it's been like a year and a half. But Paige says there's a lot of money in that envelope. So what is it? Emily doesn't want her to know. And Paige well, and Emily turns grabs to, the envelope. She turns to face Paige. She's very frustrated. And Paige just like rings out, reaches out and yanks that envelope away. And she's like, she's reading the address. She says, who is AD Incorporated? And he's like, give it back, Paige. He tries to grab it back, but Paige won't let go. Mm. Paige's like, not until you answer my question. And Emily's like, I told you I can. Paige says, well, I can't let A continue to control you like this. It's like, because... hey, Paige, step the fuck off. This ain't your job. Like, you can't let me? Fuck you. Well, because Paige would like to control her. So yeah. She can't let A control her, too. Um, oh, man. Paige, Paige, I do not like Paige in this episode. Like, this is why we hate you, Paige. Shit like this. Paige threatens to take the money to the police. Emily says she can't well, do she that. Well, she says, if you won't tell me what AD Incorporated is, maybe the police will. Like, oh, threats now. Nice, Paige. Yeah. And Emily's like, no, you can't take that to the police, Paige. Police, Paige. And Paige's like, why not? And Emily, like, she doesn't really want to answer. She's like, because somebody needs money. And Paige's like, who? Last chance, Emily. I'm serious. And Paige won't, or Emily won't answer. And Paige just, like, nods uh, and walks off. Ultimatum number one. Yeah. And Emily's like, wait. The money is for Allie. She's alive. And Paige just like sh- looks shocked by this because you know this is her worst fucking nightmare. And good, because in your fucking face, Paige, like this is what you get for being a controlling bitch. So meanwhile, in Arya's living room, it's daytime. Arya's like sitting by the fire, like slowly ripping pages out of the journal, feeding them to the fire beside her. Which is <laughs> like totally one normal page thing to at do. a time. Yeah. Yeah, totally normal thing to do. I could have watched like another five minutes of this. Arya just wants to watch the world burn. Hannah's like chilling in the chair, like watching this madness. It's like she's babysitting Arya's insanity, like well, one she, might house sit or watch. She has like talk. the like the barest of smiles on her face, like just, she's just a little amused. I don't think the audience like if, if, you've probably seen this episode. I hope if you're listening to us talk about it, but just if you haven't, or if it's been a while, just imagine this: Hannah is sitting there in her disgusting '80s fashion, <laughs> watching Arya. Ripping out a page of a journal of like like factoids about her. Like. One page at a time, throw it in the fire. And <laughs> Hannah's like, Are you but feeling any better? She like sticks the edge in the fire, waits till the page catches fire. And it's like she's like waiting for the fire to like come near her fingers and then she lets it go. <laughs> yeah, are you feeling any better? And Arya turns and like we see the page is like falling out of the fireplace behind her as she like looks over. She looks completely nuts, like totally blank. And she's like worse actually. The more I think about it, the stupider I feel. There had to have been signs. How did I miss them? And Hannah's like, Arya, no one thought he'd be capable of doing what he did. Because none of us thought he was that clever. Yeah, and she walks over. She says, he fooled us all. Arya stands up. She says, yeah, you're not the one who was sleeping with him. That's true. And if it weren't for me, he wouldn't know the things about you guys. Personal things that I trusted him to keep between us. Way to rat out your friends, Arya. Well, uh, at the same time, it is a little sweet. Like, she actually cares. You know, she she cares that th- yes that no. information has care, been spilled. Or is she just like, Hannah, get as manically, insanely upset as I am. Yeah, liar's OTP. And Hannah says, Arya, he wasn't just after, he wasn't just getting information from you. 
Do you think that's how he found out Allie was alive, the Greenwald tape? And Ari says, yeah, well, it, it makes sense. I, I just don't, I, I don't even know how he would have gotten the tape in the first place. And Hannah's like, uh, have you eaten today? Do you want to get some food? Because in Hannah's mind, like food is like the solution. Yeah, that's how that's how she's you know, like processes problems. But she can tell what's wrong with her based on her appetite. Yeah. So yeah. And Ari's like, no. And Hannah's like, we can order in. And Ari says, you can go pick up food, Hannah. I'll be fine by myself for ten minutes. And Hannah's like, are you sure? <laughs> Ari nods, and Hannah's like, okay, but no more torching Ezra until I get back. Yeah. And she Hannah picks up like that ledger and like tosses it on the table. And it's like Arya's just contemplating, like, how can I be more of a drama queen right now? Yeah, yeah, burn my own house down. Uh, so we got to Emily and Paige on a park bench. This really looks like they're in Rosewood. I'm uh, only, yeah, I know. I mean, I'm only confused because that's a long trip to go from Wallingford to Rosewood. Oh well, no, she was mailing it to Wallingford. Okay, if you look at the actual Speed Demon Express, the sign it says outside, it's in Wallingford. Yeah, it, it makes no sense. So it's like they've different location, but anyway, so. Emily Page on the park bench, and Page says, I can't believe you've known all this time and never said anything. Um, and Emily says that she wanted to say something, but Allison begged them not to. Also... Well, it's like, no, you didn't, Emily. You don't want to tell her shit. Well, yeah, also, eyes only, Page. You're not on the list. You're not VIP. Um, mm. Page says, well, if Allison's not dead, then who's in the grave? Emily says, we don't know. Page asks if Allison's family that she's alive. And Emily says, the only people that know are the four of us, Sean and A. Page says that if A knows Allison's alive and A is the one that Allison's running from, then Emily's putting herself in danger by communicating with Allison. And I want Emily to turn around and be like, tough titties. Yeah. You know? Emily says, maybe. Okay, but she needs us. And Paige is like, Allie used and abused you guys. Why would you want to help her? And Emily has to defend now. She's like, she regrets how she treated us. And Paige is like, of course she's going to say that. She manipulates people to get what she wants. A lot of anger from Paige. And Emily says, she's not like that anymore. And Paige says, she faked her death for the past two years. She's definitely like that. Emily just sighs. And Paige says, she's a sick person. You need to let her family deal with this. Emily says, well, we can't tell her family. And Paige is like, then I will. And Emily says, if you do, if you expose her to the world, then you're basically handing her to A, okay? The person she's been hiding from for two years. Why haven't we been acting this one out? Yeah, I guess we probably should have. Oh, well. Yeah. So, and Paige is like, if I don't, you continue to be a target. And Emily says, if anything happens to Allie, I'd never forgive myself. Or you. Or you. You got that, Paige? And Paige says, fine. I won't say anything. But you need to do one thing for me. Ultimatum two. What's that? Cut off communication with Allison. No secret meetings. No dropping off packages. No interaction of any kind. Emily's like, you can't be serious. And Paige says, it's the only way I know you'll be safe. Fuck so your is, ultimatums, Paige. This is Paige and Emily's whole relationship in one conversation. Finally facing harsh harsh truths, not being fully honest with each other, not trying to hear the things they don't want to hear, and then ultimatums that they have no intention of living up to. This is actually well, all the liars' relationships in a microcosm, but especially these two. Well, and on, on the one hand, you have Paige's protectiveness here. Mm-hmm. Which is somewhat understandable. On the other hand, and Paige isn't really bringing it up, but like, Allison is Emily's like original crush. Oh, yeah. And yeah. she knows that. It's got to be it, a, like a romantic jealousy on, on top of everything else here. Yeah. Well, and it, I mean, and it, that's like, you, you can never compete with that. Right. But you also, know, like the, the first love, I mean, it's like, Paige knows, like, if that's even on the table, she's fucked. 
what all criticisms of Paige aside, you know, for her sake, get the fuck away from Emily. Emily is a girl who prefers crazy love in her <laughs> life, and Paige is never going to tame her, and that's what Paige wants. She doesn't. She talks about how she wants to appreciate the the fire that is Emily, but really she wants to control that fire. It's uh-huh. never going to happen. Um, so at the Ruinda Brew, Hannah runs in the Holbrook, who's in his off-duty clothes. Uh, he asks where she's, she's off getting, duty. like, a bag of food to take home to Arya. Yeah, he asks where she's off in such a rush. Uh, she says that she was just picking up something for a friend in need. And he says, you know. Yeah, do it. That's nice that you care about your friend so much. It's a great quality. Don't lose it. And Hannah smiles at this, and she says, you know, I was going to stop by your office tomorrow. and surprised to hear that you spoke up for Mr. Hobbs. And Holbrook says, well, that was the right thing to do. And Hannah says, still, I mean, not a lot of people would put themselves out there like that. It's a great quality. Don't lose it. Kind of throwing it back at him. Nice. And now it's Holbrook's turn to smile at this. And Hannah says, seriously, thank you. And she gives him a hug. And then after she kind of breaks apart from the hug, she just moves back in and gives him a little smooch on the lips. Mm-hmm. And Holbrook pulls away. He's like, Hannah. He's like, Hannah. Oh, he's looking around very nervously, like yeah. an actual adult would. Yeah. You know, like, he's like, oh shit, like I'm a cop. Also, I, I keep meaning to bring this up. Um, does Holbrook live in Rosewood now? Cause it didn't seem like he did when he first showed up. Well, he's, he just he's, a, there. he's a statey. He's state police. Right. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he thought like, hey, this place is cool. I'll move here. Well, seemingly, as I understand the parameters of it all, they're going to be there until CeCe's apprehended, even though they're well, not needing the manhunt for CeCe. Yeah, I mean, I guess the other option here is that he everything he's actually doing right now is still like on the case. Right. It's related and to Hannah just doesn't realize that. Well, because like the stuff of Travis's dad spilled out of the will and murder investigation. Uh-huh. But yeah, I mean like so in true detective, they commuted all those places they went and talked to filthy Louisiana people. Like presumably at this point Tanner and Holbrook would just get a regular hotel room or rent apartments or something, right? Yeah, yeah. But so of course, you know, he's just like Hannah, you know, like he's like holy shit, I hope nobody saw that. And Hannah says, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I don't know why I just did that. I'm sorry. Uh, I got to go." She takes off, and Holbrook's just thinking, man, that girl is unexpected. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. What is she, Arya? (laughs) What is she, Arya here? Well, I feel like Holbrook's just like, finally, all of those like murder mysteries that I read, they came true. Um, But to his credit, an actual adult here is just like, whoa, no, seriously, like, we can't do that. Even though we have this, you know, thing where we like get along really well, no. Well,. Getting along really well does not necessarily mean, yeah, yeah. you know. Well, so, I mean, they they have chemistry, but because he's he's not Ezra Fitz, he's like, no, this isn't cool. Yeah, because yeah. you're. I mean, even if I don't know, what, Hannah might be eighteen now, but still, she's in high school. Like, like, a, like he's got to be late twenties at least. Well, he's like, even though I have the voice of a pubescent child, you know, I'm still an adult. Yeah, I have a checking account. So we go back to Spencer. She's sorting through all those uh, pieces of evidence like a boss now because she's supercharged on teenage speed. Yeah. She finds a piece of paper with a lot of handwriting on it and she starts reading it. And she says, Cece told me she stopped by the De Laurentiis house to talk to Allison that night she went missing. When Cece arrived, she witnessed a fight. Flashback! 
flashback. Now, before we get to this flashback, because this flashback is going to be right after the flashback in S1E15. Mm-hmm. So I thought I'd do us a favor and recap that one right here. Can we just say, too, that, that all of this is juicy as fuck? Oh, yeah. Please. Spencer and Allie argue in her living room. It's that night. Spencer's in the red cardigan. Allie's in the yellow top. This is all from S1E15. Spencer says, keep your voice down. And Allie says, why? Nobody's home. Spencer says, well, not yet, but Melissa could be home any minute. And Allie says, good. I want her to. Mm. And Spencer's pleading. She's like, why are you making me do this? Why do you care if she knows? And Allie says, I'm not making you do anything, Spencer. I'm telling you, by tomorrow morning, Melissa will know everything. There's nothing you can do about it except let her hear it from you first and spencer's like fine i'll tell her you win but this is it because i'm sick of your games we all are and spencer tries to storm off but ali grabs her arm and spins around says trying to get me voted off the island it won't work spencer says well i don't think you have much of a choice and spencer tries to leave again ali's kind of challenger here she says i made you spencer i made all of you before me you were just some goody-goody and plaid who did whatever mommy and daddy told you to. Spencer says, you are so full of yourself. You think that just because you brought us together, you can treat us like puppets? Allie says, but you are, don't you see? You don't exist without me. Spencer says, really, Allie? Then tell me this. What is a leader without any followers? Because it seems to me the question isn't whether we will exist without you, but whether you will exist without us. And as far as I'm concerned... You were dead to me already. You know, but, a lot of people, like, they don't like Allison. They think she's like a little, like, teenage sociopath. I think she's delightful. Absolutely. Spencer's right up in her face, and Allie just kind of appraises her coldly, and then she takes off out the back door into the yard. And the Spencer is cast upon her. Well, Spencer starts to head upstairs like she's furious, but then she stops. She's not done yet, and she runs back down the stairs, heads out the door after Allie, slams the door behind her. And now we come to the flashback in S4E21, which picks up right after that moment stopped. Uh, just out of curiosity, did you go back and rewatch that scene, or is this from your notes from she, the podcast? Purely from my memory. No, just kidding. I went back and rewatched it. Okay. Uh, so flashback to that night. Allison is, this is, you know, from the actual episode we're talking about here. Allison is strolling along her yellow top like a boss. Uh, Spencer well, she's, comes. She's walking around. A, there's like a bunch of lumber and tools for the gaze bow there. Yeah. She comes, uh, Spencer comes around the corner screaming at Allison. She's like, hey, this conversation isn't over yet. Allison whips back and she's like, it is over, Spencer. And so are we. And then Spencer says, don't you walk away from me. And she grabs a nearby shovel. <laughs> A helpfully uh, located shovel nearby and says, damn it, Allie, I said stop. And she's like, got the shovel up in both hands now. Yeah. And Allie says, you're way out of your league, Spencer. Spencer's brandishing a shovel. And she's like, am I? You sure about that? Now Allie starts to look maybe a little nervous. She's trying to be cool, trying to be steely. And she says, why don't you put that thing away before you hurt yourself? And there's like thunder and lightning crashing all around, you know, and Spencer raises that shovel back like she's about to strike. And then we end flashback. Uh, oh, man. I love Spencer's The Killer stuff so much. This is probably, like, my favorite longtime theory, well, also, uh, as I said on Twitter. I know I get to it sometimes. Not all the time. But, like, so clearly is Spencer Peter Hastings' daughter. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're never going to come in and say, like, oh, actually, like, Veronica, like, had an affair and that he, she's somebody else's daughter. Like, no, no, she is no. a Peter Hastings. Oh, she's, she's a Hastings, Peter Hastings girl all the way. Oh, and, like, it, something about her being the killer just feels so, like, natural and inevitable. 
you know, because she's the investigator. Like, of course, it would lead back to herself eventually. It just when I first watched the pilot the very first time, the fact that she was awake when the other three woke up. Yeah, I mean, immediately you're like, oh, she did it. I never was able to let that go. I didn't think that she was. I never really like like verbalized like you did, but I I I didn't think that she was necessarily a Mm -hmm. because I kept in my mind going back to also Mona was there. Yeah, yeah. the whole Arya and blah blah. Um, so. So back to Spencer's room, she's just like looking at that paper and she starts reading it. You know, if Cece didn't tell anyone what she saw because Mr. De Laurentiis paid her not to, Mrs. De Laurentiis also witnessed the fight. Spencer like lowers the paper, has an oh shit moment. They do like the oh, we get Hitchcock a, zoom. Yeah, we get the reverse zoom. Pulling the, that one out of the, the vertigo the zoom, yeah, on her. Chad uh, Lowe's like, we're going to get fancy with this. I watched Jaws last night. Yeah, yeah. Um,. <laughs> It's the extra child love showing up on the set. Hey, hey, any of you guys seen that movie Jaws? Pretty good film, right? All I'm saying is pretty good film. If you want to see classic filmmaking in action, go watch the scene in Jaws where Ray Schreider's just at the beach. It's right before the big shark attack. Right. Uh, it ends with a reverse scene on him. Yeah, but it wasn't. It was Hitchcock who did it first, though, right? Oh yeah, I mean it's not like Spielberg invented it, but right. I, I I do feel Hitchcock used it to show Vertigo. Yeah, you he should vertigo to, to was, communicate vertigo space and yeah, but, but like Spielberg, I don't know if he was the first one to do it, but he's who you remember doing it to communicate, well, especially in this oh context, shit, basically yeah, con- in this context. Um, so cut to Spencer's kitchen after the after the uh, uh, commercial. Peter's making some tea, and Spencer comes he's got downstairs. Some, some vegetables out. He's about to make like a salad or something. Yeah, yeah, he's a culinary master when he's not at the cockfights. Uh, she comes down the stairs. Peter asks if she got some rest. And she says that she wasn't resting. She was just thinking about the night that Allison went missing. And I just wanted Peter to, like, look up at the ceiling and be like, oh, fuck me. <laughs> Spencer, you're supposed to be trying to relax. I have to say, like, whenever Peter Hastings is in a shot now, I just, like, I, like, frame by frame it practically. I'm, like, just looking at all the weird details. I just, I want there to be scenes of him where he just has, like, fistfuls of cash and, like, a cigar in his mouth. That feels right to me. Yeah. Spencer says, yeah, I can only remember pieces of the night because I was taking the pills back then. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I remember is I I was in here with Allie and we were fighting. And the next thing I know is that I'm out at the barn telling the girls that she's missing. And I thought I heard a scream. And Peter's like, why can't you just stop dredging up this? past and uh, focus on getting yourself better can't stop won't stop yeah spencer pulls out that mark pope pi business card she says is this the private investigator you hired to follow melissa and he's like you were in my desk i told you to stay out of my office spencer and spencer says dad did you hire him to follow melissa or me do you think that i had something to do with Allie's murder well the look on his face is not calming her down Oh, it's just like, uh, he like just drops a knife and she's like near tears now. She's so gaslit by her parents because they won't tell her anything. Mm-hmm. And he says, what I think is that you're having a tough time with your withdrawal. Maybe we should call, call the doctor. And Spencer says, please, just please don't do that. Please don't make me feel any crazier than I already do. Mm-hmm. And she reaches out to like take his hand and he's, he's concerned. He's considering, I mean, this is his daughter, you know? It's his favorite. But then there's a knock at the door, and he pulls his hand away. I like that we get the shot of him like, yeah. yanking his hand away. Yeah. And, of course, it's fucking Toby at the door. Well, Peter actually smiles and says hi to Toby. Like, like I think Toby, like, Peter's thinking, like, thank fuck. 
I'll take anybody right now. Toby, whatever. Hey, Toby, come on in, old sport. Hey, Mr. Hastings. And Spencer, she turns to the side. I like how she, she turns with her hair kind of covering her face so you can't see her crying. Well, she's crying and she's super sweaty. Yeah, but she she's turned away so he can't really see this. He just sees, like, in the back of her head. And he's like, everything okay? And Peter's like, yeah, yeah, you know. I think Spencer's just been cooped up a little too long. Why don't you guys go take a walk or something? And Spencer says, I don't want to take a walk, Dad. I want to know the truth. And Toby is just so confused by all this Hastings drama right now. Hastings he's just, shit. like, looking back and forth, like, oh, oh. Yeah. And Peter's like, just, uh, if you could be back in an hour, that'd be great. I'll have dinner ready. And Toby says, yeah, let's go for a walk. Get some fresh air. And he reaches out for Spencer, but Spencer just, like, ducks his arm and, like, takes off out the door herself. Peter looks at Toby and just sighs. Toby heads out after Spencer. And Peter just, like, he turns back to, like, all his, like, vegetables and cutting board. Mm. And it's like he's thinking to himself, I should just order a fucking pizza. Well, I just want him to reach under the counter and, like, pull out the already made scotch. Yeah. And start sipping it. <laughs> um, so then, it, like I said, it seems like Paige and Emily are, are in Rosa still. Uh, they're at the same bench. Emily's, like, standing there. She's, like, been thinking this ultimatum over since we last saw her. She finally says, okay. She'll stay away from Allison, but she has to drop off the envelope because Allison's depending on it. Paige asks if Emily means it, you know, which is not something you ask if you don't already know it. Well, she's the like, and you don't then like. you're done. Uh, so Paige gives Emily the the envelope back, and she says, "I'm doing this for you, Emily, because I love you so uh, much." And the look on Emily's face could mean a lot of things, and not all of them are good. None well, of them are good. It's it's not a smile. That's her fucking shirt. Also, yeah. like, I'm doing this for you because I love you so much. Like, that's what abusers say. Exactly. Oh, don't be gross, Paige. Yeah. Uh, so over to Arya's face. Uh, Arya's face. Arya's house. She is stewing in her dad's armchair right now. Cut uh, to Arya's face. Yeah. She looks at her phone, looks at that like uh, like a little ledger journal of Ezra. She picks it up and looks through it. Towards the back, she finds a little folded up letter tucked in. It's from the Galassi Literary Agency. It's to Ezra. It's from his agent. It's basically talking about how they love the progress. So they need to call him and discuss the ending. Because Ezra lives at 33 Hibbert Street, apartment 3B. Yeah, so Arya sees contact info for his agent, Anna Gibbs, down at the bottom. Yeah, Random House loved the latest installment of his book. Yeah, she pulls out her phone. She's going to call him right now. And so Galassi Agency answers, and Arya says, Hi! Hi, uh, my name is Victoria Blackwell. Nice. Um, I work at Rosewood High School, where Ezra Fitz works. Which is like, oh, you wish, Arya. You wish you worked with Ezra. And the phone's like, oh, hi, you're in Pennsylvania, right? And Ari says, yeah, yeah, I am. Um, actually, we just found out about his book, and we wanted to throw him a little surprise party. Do you know if there's a publication date set for that? And we find out no, but Ezra's actually there discussing it with Anna, his agent, right now. So if you call back tomorrow, you should have more information. And Ari just hangs up immediately, like, so, so pissed. I want her to, like, throw her phone into the fire. Yeah. She looks so driven to madness she uh, could really use a new phone she's had this fucking like weird blackberry thing forever yeah and yeah who the fuck has a blackberry anymore um so in the hastings living room after dark knock on the door peter opens it surprised to find that it's toby toby comes inside and he's well, like when this... toby comes inside you know it's like peter like he does this thing where he leans his head to the side like looking behind toby like yeah. he's seeing if he was followed or something yeah, yeah, yeah. Or just, you know, where the hell is Spencer? And Toby's like, is Spencer here? I prefer to, to believe that he was checking to see if Toby was followed. 
Well, like, is this just his natural inclination to check and see if people he meets with were followed? Is Spencer here? He's like, what? I thought she was with you. And Toby's like, she was. She asked me to go into the brew and get some coffees, and when I turned around, she was gone. Because she's Batman. Peter just sighs. She's like, oh, you fucking amateur, Toby. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) You're not good enough for my scotch, you're not good enough for my daughter. Uh, He's just like, you let her get the drop on you, didn't you? Ugh. And the dealer is home. Uh, Spencer comes like marching into like Jessica dealer living room, having been let in by Mrs. D. Well, and she's, she's out like of breath, Spencer. Manic. Like she's calling after her because she's just marching right in. Well, because nobody just you know, hey, can I come in? They'd all just walk right in. Yeah. Past Spencer person. says, "I need to talk to you." And Jessica's like, "Is everything all right?" And Spencer says, "Do you think that I hurt Allie?" And this is like she's like psyched herself up to ask this question. And Jessica's like, "What?" And Spencer says, do you and my father have some kind of agreement to keep it quiet? And Mrs. D, she's like kind of backing away now. Her arms are out at her side. She's all defensive. Mm-hmm. She's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Spencer says, don't lie to me. Please, please. I can't take any more lies. And Jessica says, you don't look well, Spencer. I'm calling your parents. Spencer reaches out and grabs it like to stop Jessica, grabs her arm and says, no, please. It's a simple question, Okay. Did you or did you not see me standing with the shovel that night? And if you did see me hurt Allie, then why didn't you just call the cops? Like, Spencer is, like, so at the end of her rope right now. Yeah. Uh, and Jessica's like, you're hurting me. Spencer looks down. She's, like, totally, like, like gripping Jessica's wrist, like, super well, tight. Yeah, she's, like, shocked by her own forcefulness here. And she, she like, lets go. Like, she's shocked. and like she's, Whatever is left of her mind, she's losing it right now. Mm. And Jessica's like, I want you to leave. Now. So Spencer just wanders off, and Jessica is just like, "What the fuck is this?" Well, she like, there's so many possible emotions or things that play in her face. Like, is she stunned to hear this like stuff brought about her daughter in that way, and shocked at this outburst from the otherwise normal Hastings girl, or is she worried that a buried secret's about to be dug up? Exactly. Yeah. I can't. I can't ever praise Andrea Parker enough. She does this great thing where her voice can go higher or lower, like communicating menace. I mean, it's something that I feel like you see a lot in. British male actors, you know, where they can convene a lot of or convey a lot of things with the way their their voices. But like, she does it so well. Like every scene of Andrew Parker in this show is great. Um, so Rosewood at night, it's a neighborhood. Hannah pulls up and parks and looks over and sees that Arya's getting out of a car across the street. Hannah calls out to Arya. Arya sees her, keeps <laughs> walking, and Hannah's like, "Where are you going?" Arya's just like marching here, and she's like, "Ezra's moving forward with the book," and Hannah's like. What? And he's like, he's meeting up his agent in New York right now, discussing a release date. Um, and he's like, release date? Can you just stop? Because like she wants Arya to hang back. And Arya says, I cannot believe I actually believed he was going to destroy the book and save our relationship. But it's just like, oh, lol. Like, are you still thinking such overdramatic terms, like saving your relationship? Yeah. She actually thought, like, Arya was still holding out hope at that point that, like, Ezra is going to make some big sweeping gesture and, and make it all better. Well, then she's like, and now I know that everything he says or ever has said is a lie. Big fat lie! And says, okay, why are you going to Principal Hackett's house? Oh, and Arya shit. says, because I'm telling him everything about me and Ezra. And it's like, what do you mean? You're telling him everything. And Arya kind of, like, stops at the walkway right out in front of the house and turns around. She says, I'm not going to be the only one that suffers from this, Hannah. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Arya is a walking Viking funeral. Yeah, and Hannah says, Arya, if you tell Principal Hackett about your relationship, 
Ezra is not just going to suffer. He's going to jail. So her her eyes narrow for a second, and she's like, are you taking his side? So it's treason, then. Yeah. No, of course not. Look, I'm not saying you shouldn't do this. I just, I want you to be clear about what will happen if you do. And she's like, oh, I'm clear. (laughs) And Hannah says, Arya, look, if this gets out, it's going to hurt you, too. It'll be in the papers all over town. And Arya says, yeah, do you think I give a crap about that? And the porch light comes on, they turn, and Hannah's like, look, this is going to affect your family, too. Are you sure you want to do this? So, inside, you know the hack is, like, looking out the window and thinking, like, oh, fuck, the Montgomery girl. This is my nightmare. He's, like, hoping that nobody... He, like, turns to his, like, frumpy old wife that he's known since, you know, like, she was his high school sweetheart, and he's just like, Clarabelle, load my shotgun. (laughs) Yeah. So, we go to the commercial with Arya pondering her decision, and we come back. To hack it, opening his front door, he looks around, there's no one outside, and he just frowns and goes back inside. Dog barking in the distance, the street seems so still, and he's just like, eh, whatever. I love that they brought this guy back for like <laughs> maybe four seconds of screen time. No dialogue. Yeah, yeah. Um, right now, I would love to see like a rehearsal video of both Trying Belisario and Lucy Hale trying out for like Cersei Lannister. Ooh, yeah. I think they could both really chew that up. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. So elsewhere on the streets of Rosewood, Hannah and Arya are they're walking and talking. And Hannah's like, you did the right thing. And Arya's like, maybe I did, maybe I didn't. If she had a cigar in her mouth and a loaded gun hanging over her <laughs> shoulder right now, then, well, after the show's over, I'd really be ready to hear her tell me about the Avengers Initiative. Yeah. Hannah says, so I'll meet you back at your place? And Arya says, no, I really want to be by myself right now. And Hannah's like, Arya, I'm not going to leave you alone. And Arya says, Hannah, you're not listening to me. I don't, I don't want your company, okay? And Hannah's like, look, I know what you're going through. I've been through this myself, which is true. Somewhat. Uh, and Arya says, no, 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 no. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to talk to anyone. I want to be left alone. Is that too much to ask? And there's like some serious hand acting going on by Lucy Hale right now. Key Allen style. Yeah. And Hannah's like, okay. And Arya just gets in her car and drives off. And we are left with some major Hannah face. Very so, concerned about Arya. Yeah. In Emma's bedroom, Emily's like, apparently just walked in. She's taken off her jacket. Paige comes in the doorway and she's just like, you beat me back. Are you still up for cooking or do you want to go out instead? And before we continue on this scene, let me just say, if Lindsay Shaw does a fine job as Paige, uh, but if they ever have to recast her, I would suggest Lena Morris, the uh, overly attached girlfriend. I oh, think she her. could really <laughs> narrow some of the aspects of Paige. Um, oh, that'd be funny. Emily's not hungry. It's getting kind of late, and I need to go check up on Arya. You know, like, like, kind of like hinting, like, there's the door. Paige says, okay. She comes over for a kiss, and she ends up getting, like, part of Emily's cheek, like, the corner well, of her mouth. I mean, mouth. Emily just like, basically, like, freezes. And yeah. so Paige is like, Paige kisses her face and gets nothing back. Yeah. Yeah. And Emily's like, yeah, I'll see you tomorrow. Emily turns away, and Paige maybe realizes that she has done goofed. Yeah. And she's like, are we okay? And Emily turns around and she says, I don't like being given ultimatums, Paige. And then Paige insanely says, neither do I. Which is like, oh, fuck you, Paige. What the fuck? You didn't have an ultimatum given to you. Exactly. She had zero ultimatums given to her today. Or is she saying she doesn't, like, like I'm sorry I had to do this or something? Well, I think she's implying that, like, what she did was what had to be done. What Emily's uh, doing is crazy. Uh, but Emily's just like, good night. Your ass is dismissed, McCullers. Yeah, this this relationship's pretty much done. Uh, Emily turns back around again until Paige leaves, and the montage music has started. 
Yeah, we Hastings' house. Toby, Peter, and Veronica are all waiting in the living room. We hear the front door open and close. They look up. Spencer walks in. She looks just like defeated, fearful, untrusting. Like she just like like just like defeated. who the fuck are you people who claim to be my parents? You know? Yeah. And Toby stands up. They all stand up. And Toby's like, "You need help, Spencer." Mm. And Spencer just like glares at them all, like they're like you know enemies. And just walks upstairs like wordlessly. She's not even talking to them. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think I think it's partly that, but I also got a sense of that she is just exhausted. Oh yeah. Well, Toby just like looks back at the hay scenes, and he's like, his face is just like, well. Yeah. Well, I felt like that's when Peter like pulls out like a wad of cash and like peels off a few bills, like he would give to a valet, just so <laughs> Toby leaves. Um, when you're out there, can you wash my car? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so in Ari's bedroom, Ari's packing up a bag. Emily comes in. She says that Mike let her in, which little things like that always fascinate me. <laughs> uh, Emily says, you know, sees what Ari's doing, and she's like, oh, are you going somewhere? And Ari's like, yep. And Emily's like, where? And Ari's like, no idea. And I was like, what do you mean you don't know? Like, you're just going to drive until you figure it out? And Ari's like, that's the plan. Just like a spring scene song. Exactly. Uh, she has her two bags. She Ari is Emily. born to run. Yeah, Ari's like, I got to get out of here. And I was like, well, let's talk about this. And I was like, I don't want to talk. And I was like, well, then I'll come with you. And Ari says, Which well, is, I don't want that, that either. That's, that's a nice sentiment. Emily's like, you know, trying to be the friend. Fine, I'll come with you. Yeah, Emily's Ari's like, like really, really fucking being there for Arya. Yeah, and Ari's like, I don't want that either. And Emily's like, well, what do you want? And Ari says, I want you to get out of my way, Emily. And they both look sad, and Arya just, like, takes off. And Emily watches her go, yeah. Um. So, Spencer's bedroom. Spencer's, like, sitting in the corner in her darkened bedroom, curled up. Well, she's just, like, knees. on the floor, like, huddled up against the wall. Well, she's basically in the same position in which the liars found Arya at Ezra's apartment room. Yeah. Uh, Spencer's crying, and she's, you know, tipping over the edge of the oh, precipice can see to her own abyss. Tears are coming out of both of her eyes because Troyan Belsario has two real eyes. And she just keeps crying, and she's wiping the tears away. They keep coming. Outside the Rosewood Police Department, uh, Paige is walking by. She She walks by a cop car. She pulls out the note that she wrote, which says, I know for a fact Alison Durantis is alive. Start looking for her. AD Incorporated, P.O. Box 537, Wallingford, PA. She puts in an envelope and then she drops oh, it. Page, drops page, it through the crack of the window of a, uh, to the seat of a cop car and she walks off. Yeah, she puts that note into a cop car. It's not even just you, that she. You done goofed, Paige. You betrayed Emily's trust. It's not even just that she's like sealed her own fate with Emily. It's like she licked the envelope too, you know? Uh-huh. Hmm. Not um, cool, Paige. Not cool at all. So that's wor- that's got to be worse than like any of like Caleb's like infractions. I feel like. I don't I mean, think... going to the cops. What the fuck? Well, Caleb would like just show up at Radley where Hannah was. He then then like write a note to the cops. Yeah. Um. Besides, it was okay when Hannah and Caleb did these things with each other because it was complicated. It's complicated. So the A tag. Uh, Black Hoodie A is, like, sitting in a comfy chair by, like, a furnace. Like, look at the fire. It's like a wood-burning stove or something, yeah. Yeah, like something from, like, an 1800s cabin. Um, Like a, like a, looks like a brick basement or something. Uh, Looking at the pages from Ezra's manuscript that were recovered at the end of the previous episode. Just look at the pages. I I don't know if you freeze for anything, ladies. The writing is so bad. Do you want want a sample? Oh, please. Uh, so this is Ezra's manuscript, something that was theoretically be like a best-selling novel or something. That's what he's hoping for. And he's saying, that's what Al- that was Allison. Allison was different. She'd walk into a room and the room would take note. And if heads didn't turn, they were bound to roll. 
She was heaven and hell, a chilling inferno, deliciously wicked when standing with saints, hopelessly innocent yet laughing with sin, the capability to touch you as softly as only a child could, shaded by the power to drive you to fury filled with the wrath of a vengeful old man. No shock that she's lost, no wonder she's gone, less that she's talked about long after her day. She'd make you laugh, but rather you'd cry, and believe me, you would, but only in time, and always on hers, as lovable as they come and as cruel as the world's ever known. It's like, Jesus Christ, that's terrible. One prose. of God's own prototypes. Um, I, I really feel like whenever they show Ezra's writing, it's the writer's chance to like have fun. Oh, it's, like they they intentionally come up with like boy. the most horrible prose they could ever imagine. Yeah, some of that is brilliant for how bad it is. But I'm also thinking that whenever you are going to write about the minor that you had an affair with, maybe don't ever describe her as like 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 you were touched like a child <laughs> or something. Well, and because further on, he's like, perhaps Arya knows best. She was the first to reveal herself to me. Or perhaps oh. I was the one to reveal myself to her. Oh. Well, it's like, what is your end game here, Ezra? Like, what? Did, like, so you published this while you're dating Arya. What? What then? Well, you Are can't you... do a book tour when you're in jail. Yeah, like you're like, oh, I wrote this book about how I'm a pedophile. <laughs> Turns out, bad idea. Like all those notes and footnotes and evidence I provided really didn't go well in the court case. Yeah. <laughs> what do his editors think of this? Do you just leave that part out? He's like, oh, yeah. Arya, look, like, be cool. I'm writing a book that's all about you and your friends. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Like, what, what did he think? What was, what did he, how did he think this was ever going to end? Uh, He's like, I'll, I'm just going to, like, take her to an art gallery and, like, treat her like the most sophisticated person in the world and kind of, like, just, like, let it drop that I wrote a book about her and maybe she'll be cool. Oh. Like, maybe he thought if, like, he solved the A mystery, he, he'd, like, be in the clear. For the, like, the diehard Ezrians, is that, like, the subject matter of somebody's fan fiction? Like, maybe the wouldn't it be nice world where, like, Ezra breaks the news to Arya and she's, like, totally supportive of this idea. Well, I feel like the only way he pulls this off is if he, uh, he, he per- personally solves the mystery of A mm-hmm. and, like, you know, reveals it and they- they're all super thankful and he's like, by the way, I'm going to write a book about this or something. I don't know. But even then, they're like, hey, how do you all are? Like, the book's already done. What gives? You know? No, so here's how it goes. Here's here's the fan fiction. He takes her out, like, out of town to, like, a nice restaurant, a nice, like, dancing, an art gallery. He takes her to a nice hotel. They've been up all night just being so wonderful, so, so, so brilliant. They're, like, watching the sunrise in the balcony. They've got a bucket of ice-cold fancy champagne. And she's like, I always thought this was the most sophisticated thing. And he's like, it's not. You are. By the way, BT Dubs wrote this book. You were research, your friends are research, all about Allison. Arya's like, I'm, I'm horrified. Ezra, I'm aghast. That's, that's despicable. And he's like, eh, worth a shot. Pushes her off the balcony. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, that, and then A, so that the A tag A's reading this terrible prose. And A gets up with the papers and goes over to the fire and pokes it. We don't see A burn the manuscripts. It's, it's no, kind of implied no. that maybe they do, but we don't really know for sure. <laughs> A then like you know pan over and A is like reading it out loud to Tippy the bird and Tippy's <laughs> like that's shit yeah. that's our shit 
so that was the episode. She's come undone. Uh, Arya losing her mind. Spencer also losing her mind. Uh, Arya at least decided, like, I need to get the fuck out of town. I need to, like, not be Arya for a little while. She's gonna, like, hit the, hit the highway much like a Bruce Springsteen song. Mm-hmm. She's going to the streets of Philadelphia. Strap your hands, cross her engines. Uh, I think Ezra already did that. That's chapter five. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that is about it. Um, Spencer, next episode is cover Spencer for going me. nuts. Yeah, next episode, ironically enough, is called Cover for Me. Uh, yeah, so one minor update from the last episode. Uh, by the way, we're recording this basically on the morning of Halloween. We talked about mm-hmm. how we were pretty sure that I, Marlene King's sons were cameoing and cam- cameoing in the last episode. Uh, thanks to her doing some Instagramming and tweeting today, it looks like, uh, one of her sons was also the boy that Allison told the scary story to back in the first secret, mm-hmm. which is fitting that it's morning Halloween. Also, apparently it was her sons that ran away from Toby back in <laughs> season one. Way back in, like, I don't know, like, first, like, season, like, early first season, I think. Yeah, Boo Radley came, came, come down the street. Actually, no, that was probably, away. like, closer to, like, S1, E13 or something like that, but yeah. Was it? Okay, yeah, 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 you're right, yeah. It was when Spencer, like, like spied on Toby crying in an alleyway. That's right. Well, cause, and yeah, it's I just like human King, emotion. What is this? Yeah, I'm really keen to point out that that was a scene where she thinks a lot of people fell in love with Toby. Hmm. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, cover for me. Ironic name. I mean, is that like a joke among the writers? I have to wonder. That's, I really hope so. That's coming up next. Written by Brian Holdman. Directed by Michael Grossman. Uh, we are getting so close. I guess this is what we call the antepenultimate episode. Yeah, yeah. Is next. Yeah. Oh, uh, I'm really looking forward to the next episode. It's it's a favorite. All well, right. parts of it are. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can tweet at us. We're at broswatchpl2. You can find our website page, which is broswatchpl2.com. Leave us a comment if you like. Uh, if you like the episode and want to give your opinion, feel free to rate and review us in iTunes. That helps our visibility or something. And, uh, yeah, any other thoughts? No, just enjoy this one. Yeah, this is a little connective tissue type episode. We, we saw Spencer lose her mind completely. She might have actually tried to kill Allie, mm-hmm. which is a, a favorite theory of mine. So I... I I like, I really like this, uh, the whole season, this whole half of the season. They, they went like the two places that were like long time theories of mine that the, the Ezra's writing a book theory. They went there and they went to the Spencer might have attacks alley theory. Well, it just compare again, compare this half of the season to the first half of this season. Well, it's like stuff's moving now. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's like it, such a, it doesn't feel show. like gears are grinding at all. Like we're, we're moving along. Yeah. Wonderfully yeah. so. Yeah, and we'll be back next time to talk about cover for me. So until then, have a good one. Bye-bye.